Or I used to say, you're not, you didn't have enough to drink yet when you, you know, you had too much to drink when you lie on, when you try to, I saw it all over. <laughs> you had too much, you know, you had too much yes. to drink when you try to brush something off your shoulder and it's the floor. Still a man, <laughs> old fat baby back blues. Good day, you all, and welcome to episode 60, Potent Potables. Woohoo! <laughs> Who's very excited about this one? Um, it has a nod to uh, Jeopardy and SNL. Mm-hmm. You want, want to talk about that? You know, Sean Connery and the whole SNL skit. <laughs> and Barbara. <laughs> yes? Would you want a Jeopardy question? Why? Sure. Why not? So what potent potable, mm-hmm. okay, was considered the cocaine of the 19th century? No. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so and Alex Trebek is looking at me with like an idiot yeah. look on his face. Yes. Hemingway. Gin. No. No. What was he drinking? Aspartame. Aspartame. Oh, yes. Ah, yeah, that little drip, drip, drip of green. Oh, absinthe. Absinthe. The green fairy. The green fairy. I said it wrong. That's okay. All that, right. I get five hundred points off. It's part of our shtick. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes, absinthe used to be a hallucinogen. Yeah, it was made out of uh, ringworm or some sort of worm, uh, bookworm or woodworm. (laughs) Woodworm. (laughs) Guy Moulin Rouge have that? Yes. Yes. Woodworm. That's what it's from. I don't want to get you like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, that would be sort of the version of mushies back then. Mm -hmm. And now it's funny, speaking of sort of, Getting off your tree a bit with this. Yeah. Do you know now, if you look in the Urban Dictionary, potent potables, instead of the alcoholic beverage definition of it, is um, uh, if you put potent means strong, potable is, you know, to take with you. Yeah, uh-huh. so together. So you get strong drinkable fluids. Well, some will interpret as, interpret as stinky drinks or drinks that have strong smells. Mm. But in the Urban Dictionary, it's what the kids today say when they're going to get some weed. Get some potent potables. They're good to get potent potables. They yeah, took that they from took Alex. The word, ah. And they have now. Is anything sacred anymore? Oh, they, you know, it's nice. Can we cancel them? <laughs> it's nice that they've made something their own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now, getting to the important things. Welcome, Phil. Yep, Barbara, I'm here. Uh-huh. And I want to hear about your uh, tiki bar experience. Well, my tiki bar in Hawaii. Hawaii. Okay, well, I too. So. One was we, we did have, this was on like a buyer's mission. So it was being paid by the U.S. government. <laughs> uh, yes. But well, we went across the street from where our hotel to uh, another hotel where Duke's is. Right. Which is famous. And we spent one evening out there drinking. Of course, you have to have Mai Tais. Yes, you do. Out on the, on the bay, on the ocean, or wherever oh, it was nice. there, on Waikiki, drinking Mai Tais. How good was that? That's lovely. Yes. And of course, the weather's perfect. Right? Yeah, all the time. And then we, and I, and we talked about it before. I went down to uh, about 15 minutes down to the marina, mm-hmm. and we went to the original Tiki Bar, and that was just fabulous. I mean, it was you, it's going into the past. It's going into the 70s. But did, you know? you, did you have like a pineapple cup? 
not I didn't have that. I think I just had beer, but others had <laughs> had their pineapple cup, and the, you know everybody wants to have the original tiki things and the and the big glasses like the pineapple things oh. and the coconuts and yeah. But you know the food was subpar, but the entertainment, the atmosphere, the yeah, it was all. <laughs> Yeah, you know, hundred percent. They had the the, uh, the fishes that were blown up, you know, hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> now, actually, we were having a quick conversation before we started recording this, and we were talking about how um, Phil had gone to this good drinking place mm. in San Francisco. Yes, and then Brendan did ask a good question: What is the difference between a good drinking place and a bad <laughs> drinking place? Oh, uh, I think it's the it's the atmosphere. I mean, yeah. you go into some places and you have a drink, and it's just there's nothing to drive you to yeah. stay there. That this one here, the atmosphere was incredible. You know, it was a typical old bar, dark mm-hmm. inside, but the waiters and the uh, the barmen were dressed. To the nines, they were really dressed properly, like the old school. Yeah. And the service and the type of alcohol that you got was top notch. Yeah, I don't remember even what we paid for, but I had a uh, Manhattan, and it was just—it's uh, like an art form. It was. I mean, like the that. guy puts the puts ice in the glass. And then goes to the shaker and and every pours everything in there, you know, by eye and he shakes it up, takes throws the ice out, pours it into glass, perfect, you know. That sounds lovely. Not like you know the dive bar and the, the brass apple that we all used to go to after work yeah. years ago, where you know people did shriek when the light came in during the day. Like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> and you had to like wake up the bartender because he was. Yeah, and then they, uh, you know, you can't go beyond like in some some bars. You know, if you don't order things that are just standard, you know, you're know. in trouble. I I went somewhere and they had to get a book out for something that was really simple. Well, and I, 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 and I was just like, geez. Yeah, I was there, and was the, what they had to get the book out. They didn't know how to make. Yeah, a Bloody Mary. Oh my god! Like, isn't you that bartender one two three? Exactly right. Yeah, but they have the book behind the thing, Bartenders for Dummies or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now It's annoying. It is annoying. So, you know, bartending is an art form, as I said, and it's only a good place. Psychologist. Well, it's true. We've kind of lost that. We were here, we kind of have the pubs where it's more pulling beers, a little bit different, a little yeah. bit more cheersy. Yeah. Where in, in America, they like the, the old gin mills, you know, they're sitting there listening to you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, They get the story. They got stories, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they get to know you on a personal basis. They know exactly what you want. It's waiting for you. It's like, you know, the cop bars and the fireys bars and all those sort of things. Now, today we are, we're going to discuss these things. But before that, we need to do a bit of housekeeping, your favorite job. Yeah. Got the vacuum out. That's right. Okay. So we go with the listener discount. And this is good for online or Click and collect. That's correct. And this month, for the month of November, is stuffing. That's right. Stuffing with a G on the end of it, as I I'm know, saying. I know. I know. I'm pronouncing it correctly. That's right. So that will finish at the end of the month. So um, every month we will change the secret code. You can look for the listener discount next to the items. It's a little purple logo like us. Or you can actually uh, search listener discount and the items will come up. There you go. And if you, how easy could we make it? We're trying. Yeah. We are trying. And, you know, if all else fails, you can get us on the chat bubble and we'll help you out. Um, finally, if you are enjoying this, which we hope you are, if you're back, 
Please share uh, the podcast. We love it if you leave us a review. And you can get a hold of us at podcast at usafoods.com.au with any of your requests, comments, feedback, anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. And just remember, at the end of uh, this uh, show, yes, or towards the end, I should say, we're going to have the Ripper Recipe Roundup and our personal best product selection. That's right. right. So don't go away. You can't. Okay. So today's show, we're going to cover original American cocktails centuries ago. Mm-hmm. It's like 100 years, right? Yeah. A couple, yeah, a couple of those would be a couple of Ten I- Ionic. Uh, Iconic. Iconic. I got to learn. Yeah, I'm, waiting, I'm still waiting for that lawsuit <laughs> with the Department of Education for the city of New York coming in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Prohibition era cocktails drink like it's 1920. Yes. 50s cocktails, 70s cocktails, and uh, cocktails from the 1980s. Mm, for the throwback party. The throwback party. There's like Those are my golden golden days. Well, I probably have the 70s cocktails. <laughs> right. And then finishing up with cocktails for your barbecue. That's right, because it is the season now. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, so get those uh, strip on the bobby and get them drunk. <laughs> oh my God. All right, fun fact number one. Yeah. It wasn't illegal to drink alcohol during Prohibition. Tell that to any priest. Yeah, yes. that's exactly right. <laughs> the 18th Amendment only forbade the manufacture, sale, and transportation of intoxicating liquors, not the consumption. Mm-hmm. We love a loophole. Right, we just don't know how we got here. <laughs> that's right. I don't know. It was yeah. just here. So I didn't move it anywhere. Over. That's yeah. it. So by law, any wine, beer, or spirits that Americans had stashed away in January 1920 were theirs to keep and to enjoy in the privacy of their homes. Yeah. Or somebody else's. Or, yeah. yeah. Or sell it off down the road. So, and then uh, fact right, number two, 1932. Yes. Auto C. MD. Yes. Certified that... Post-accident convalescence of the Honorable Winston Churchill necessitates the use of alcoholic spirits, especially at mealtimes. Well, so that means that he was sick, and they still have to give him some booze when he's eating his dinner. To help him digest, I'm sure. Yes, yes. Uh, the quantity is naturally indefinite. So I know that he can drink all that he wants, but the minimum requirements, so has to be 250 centimeters. Isn't that millimeters? It would be cubic centimeters, so I'm wondering if that's 250. Yeah, it would be yeah, mills. But being Winston Churchill. Who's <laughs> <laughs> measuring? Three fingers, that's all. You know, like, <laughs> that was the old thing, you know, like you want a, yeah. another drink, you know, you put like, okay, up to there, you put two fingers, three fingers, you know, yeah, like yeah. half a glass. Yeah. That I remember explaining that to Mackenzie, and she was like, that's weird. Yeah. That's very odd. I was like, oh, well, and I just eyeballed it. Uh, now, this is fun. This is a fun bit of American history. The connection between illegal hooch and the sport of driving incredibly fast is a pretty obvious one. Moonshiners transported their illicit wares into the fastest cars they could build to evade police. Since driving fast is fun, people kept doing it even without cops on their tail. And by 1947, NASCAR was handed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we can take a crime and make it a sport. God bless us. Okay, and then uh, the last fun fact, hotel restaurants used to keep children out. Yeah, seen, not heard, go away, or not yeah. even seen. 
Yeah. Oh, it's the same thing on the voyage over here when I came first time with my mother. Yeah. We went on the, or sober, or the Orchides, one of the two. I forget which one was sober and which one was back. Yeah. But children's had a separate, they couldn't meet with the adults. Oh, really? And since I was only me and my mom, so the steward took care of me. Oh. Uh, it was, yeah. We used to do things like throw the garbage overboard and <laughs> <laughs> drink all the evaporated milk. I remember this as a kid. They picked the perfect person for you. Yes. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Throw the garbage overboard. No. But right. he's just a deficiated. <laughs> it's nice that we've moved on in the environmental <laughs> here. <laughs> so, but with the threat of losing money during the Prohibition, the famous Waldorf Astoria in New York City mm-hmm. turned to the youth market with a special memory, uh, menu featuring Little Jack Horner and boiled lamb chops. I don't know any kids that would eat a boiled lamb. Broiled. Broiled. So grilled. Eat grilled, fried, or any other. New Americans don't eat lamb. I used to eat lamb. I, because, Maybe it's you guys. No, I ate lamb because my mother. Yeah, I ate but lamb But all chops. my cousins, my nieces, my nephews. Oh, you know wow. what? Cause Especially my, in the Midwest. Mom. See, my, yeah. My, they wouldn't even eat fish. <laughs> <laughs> Mom used to get spring lamp so i would get that she yeah. made a good leg lamp too so maybe we're just weirdos but mm. i remember holding on to it well because of maybe the areas you grew up in yeah, because I the italians think every, and the yeah. philippines probably always had lamp for easter yeah spring lamp yeah i remember going up to the butcher by the train station and you know it looked like uh, some type of massacre up there. <laughs> but the whole freaking lands in the window on the hooks Ugh. Yes. Well, you know, in that oh, time, you know, yeah, yeah, it's fresh. Yeah. I can see it. I want that bit there. But mm. now you're like, ooh. Yeah. Okay. So now that is the beginning of um, beginning of the end. And we'll be <laughs> back for more after the break. Okay. We're back from, <laughs> from our break. Yes, um, Foster. And we'll talk about. Original American cocktails. That's right. So this is, you know, it goes way back. So we're just going to go through a few quickly. We're not going to be giving recipes because we can all look it up. But there's a few lines like um, a, a Sazerac mm-hmm. is a, it's a, from the mid 1800s, a stiff mix of rye whiskey as it was originally made uh, with cognac, bitters, sugar, absinthe. There's your absinthe. Yeah. The official, and it's the official cocktail of New Orleans. Oh. Oh, uh, Janet, now I have to go back now. You have to go back and have one. So that's from the mid 1800s. Mm-hmm. Now, another one from the South, the mint julep. Kentucky Derby? Yeah, well, I think that's in here. Yeah, that's in there. Okay, so mint julep is a uh, mint julep. It's murky. I don't know. I don't know. It, because you you got to pound the mint down, you got to <laughs> muddle the milk. Well, yes, it is murky, and it's murky in its history field, too. Oh. Because we don't exactly. When it originated, but it seems around the 1700s. Mm-hmm. And it gained massive popularity in 1938 when it became the signature di- drink of the Kentucky Derby. Now, how do they say Derby here, Phil? Derby? Ugh. I'm sorry. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it used to be drunk as a breakfast beverage. It has mint in it. That oh. works. Because they were believed to protect farmers against malaria. Well, that's a good idea. <laughs> My grandpa used to say... You have a gin and tonic because come here, silk. This is what got this is what got the English through India. Yeah. <laughs> so now we got the uh, is that a, a Pasco Pisco 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 Which, punch? Yes. So 
True, Pisco originates in Peru. Yes. Uh, Pisco Punch was first made at a bar of the Bank Exchange in San Francisco near the end of the 19th century. So among the Punch's fans were Mark Twain. He was a big drinker. Well, that's, and he was just, you know, like um, Hemingway, yeah. brilliant and booze. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. And then the New York founder, Harold Ross, who described it as like lemonade. But with a kick like vodka or worse. That sounds like a winner. <laughs> and here is my favorite. I love an old fashioned. Oh, you're an old fashioned mm. I am. Actually, I think I've got Brendan onto them because mm. years ago we went out to dinner with mm. friends and I sat down and ordered an old fashioned. And he's like, You drink what? And it came to us and he's like, That's like, you know, fuel. And I was like, So good. <laughs> yeah. um, so it came from the 1800s. So it was, um, it's known as the first true cocktail. Um, so it started out as extra fruity and then it was kicked up with liqueurs. But the basic mix is of whiskey, bitters, sugar, and a few dashes of water that has outlasted the trends. And you need a little bit of like, you know, orange peel in there as well. And the next one is uh, one of my favorite. We just talked about it, Manhattan. I love Manhattan. It's like it's, it's basically it's the opposite of a martini. Martini is dry. <laughs> Manhattan is a bit sweeter. That's right. So if you're using sweet vermouth, not dry vermouth. That's right. You're good rye whiskey, like Bullet. Right. That's, that's what they served at that bar in San Francisco. Oh, Bullet. okay. And uh, so that maraschino cherry and Bob's your uncle and Mary your and maybe your aunt too. <laughs> after that, a few of those. Started in 1874, and legend has it the drink was designed for a party thrown there by Jenny Jerome, Winston Churchill's mother. But it also took the place as in the original steak shop, uh, steakhouses in New York. Right. You drank martinis and Manhattans, but primarily Manhattans. That was the drink that you would eat with your meal. Oh, nice. Yeah. We have a local place that serves Manhattans, so mm. we should get down there. My friend and I. Oh, I'll take Manhattan, and then there's also one called the Bronx. Is there? What's in that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look that up later. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> this one don't sound. Next one don't sound too appetizing. <laughs> well, it's from 1744. Maybe what? It's a fish house punch. <laughs> it's vodka and anchovies. Oh no. Um, Let's see. It comes from uh, the first record of this comes from the secretary of the Embassy of Virginia's commissioners in reference to his visit to Philadelphia to a Philadelphia fishing club Mm. known as the Fish House. So shouldn't have fish in it. It is a bowl of fine lemon punch big enough to have swinged a half a dozen young geese. (laughs) (laughs) That's like, did you see the thing when people go, why do Americans always measure things by? You know, there's a sinkhole that's three washing machines, uh-huh. seven washing machines. Yeah, or, we, you know. yeah, like we have potholes in Brooklyn, you know, bigger than Buick's. Yeah. That's all right. So maybe that's it. So half of a dozen geese could have swum in this bowl. Yeah. And the next one is uh, a Gin Ricky. Gin Ricky. Uh, named after uh, Joe Ricky. Right. Sounds like a baseball player. So yes. it was made primarily, so it came out of D.C. in 1883. Yep. And uh, made with whiskey, lime juice, and seltzer. Oh, that sounds But refreshing. since then, Gin Version has eclipsed the original. So that's why it's a Gin Ricky now, not a Whiskey Ricky. I'm re- I mean, well, yeah, And then Ricky. his brother made the Lime Ricky. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So they all got around those Ricky guys. Oh, God bless <laughs> And they had Branch Ricky, who was the, the other brother. He was the baseball player. Oh, 
Okay, and then maybe Ricky Ricardo. And Ricky Ricardo. So you can yeah. have a cheap and drink for that. <laughs> yes. We'll go with that. Yeah. Now, now I had one guy that yes. uh, worked for New York Tell, and we went for we were working on a Saturday or something, doing something for him, and uh, we went out to call the local gym mill, you know where where he was there, and we had a lime Ricky, mm-hmm. and this was using that lime cordial one, yeah, and gin, and that was it, and then you know it's just shaking up to make a cold. Yeah, nice. Really tart. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember be. about it. But, you know, after the first, second, third one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Who cares after that? And I'm just thinking in the. That's year, why it's good to have Irish friends. <laughs> and I'm thinking in 1883, with the way people had to dress back then, DC would be particularly hot and sticky yes. in the middle of summer with all layers of clothes. Now, centuries ago, um, this is our sort of our history of Americans and booze. So often we're seen as a Puritanic people. So, you know, the Puritans came over, no fun. Yeah. You know, we had prohibition. But, hey, Europeans who traveled to North America in the 1600s were already heavy drinkers. Because imported beer was expensive, colonists fermented peach juice and apple cider and imported rum from the West Indies. Sort of like prison wine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Boone's Farm. Remember that? Was, yeah. uh, oh, gosh. Yes, it is before my time, but we had the equivalent. Um, the average colonial American consumed about 3.5 gallons of alcohol per year in 1770, about double the modern rate. Who took records in those days? You know what they uh, that census or anything? Well, these are people doing their PhDs that are going through records. That's mm-hmm. what's happening. Um, now, in you so took, they started the day off, right? Yeah, because you, in back then, they uh, started the day consuming rum or hard cider with every meal. So for breakfast. And the problem well, with that is? Yeah, they only had oatmeal to eat. So. <laughs> Got to have something to look forward yeah. to. So people drank, everybody, even the toddlers, uh, you know, shut the baby. Yeah, give it, you know. <laughs> He's teething. Yeah, put some rum on his gums. Oh, my mother nearly killed my dad. <laughs> because my grandma, his mother, my grandma, told dad to put whiskey in my bottle <laughs> and she busted it well that's how the uh the, the toddies came around oh hot toddies are fantastic yeah, but middle, they did it for the kids yes okay after the revolution yep okay the british refused to supply the former colonies with rum bastards well, they can't, yeah, try to take everything away from us yeah. fine so fortunately kentucky and ohio Remember that thing about what what is high and has two O's on the end? You know, oh, high, oh. That's <laughs> a, a, a glut of corn that they transferred into whiskey. Well, see, they, they've done us. They've given us a whole industry. Yeah. Thank you, Britain. Yep. And uh, they, we got to thank the Native Americans for the corn. That's exactly right. That's we have Thanksgiving. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Farmers produce such large volumes of whiskey, ending up being cheaper than beer, coffee, or milk. Until they started figuring out, let's tax this. <laughs> yes, that's right. Everything good thing comes to an end. Yeah. And it was also, also safer than the water. Yeah, because the water would have not been, you know, they didn't have chlorine back those days. No. Oh. So, well, that's okay. I'm going to use that as an excuse from now on as well. Well, that's how Listerine came about. <laughs> that's right. When you're taking a bullet out and you're biting on a oh, knife, yeah. and you just pour some whiskey over it, and you have a yeah, shot afterwards. Because all the germs. I have a story about that. I'm not going in there. I a guy I used to work with, this guy Jody. Anyway, but, uh, right, you're going to have to tell me in the break and yeah, then we'll never. see how we can tell the story. Yeah. Okay. 
Words. So now we're going to Massachusetts. Yes, in 1838. Okay. So it's a song. <laughs> so they banned the sale of hard liquor except in bulk. So it's like going to Costco. Yeah, that's right. You can only get a gallon at a time. Yeah. Uh, though, you know, we, as a people, we love a loophole. Mm-hmm. Uh, one enterprising seller sold the right to see his blind pig for six cents. Yeah. But the purchaser also got a free drink. So there they were. Until they they both went blind. (laughs) So they weren't purchasing a drink. They were purchasing a ticket to see the blind pig. And consequently, during Prohibition in the 20s and 30s, that was a nickname for a speakeasy. I'm going to go to the blind pig. Go see a blind pig. Uh, Well, my father used to say, got to see a man about a dog. (laughs) I never thought about what that meant, you know? And now, you know, the hair of the dog. That, yes, so the dog. Yeah. Yes, I never put those two together. but It uh, took me all these years to very, uh, put them together. <laughs> Thank God for this podcast. Yeah. Now, after the end of Prohibition in 33, many states kept alcohol illegal. But the uh, prosperous post-World War II years, drinking rose again, despite serious concerns about teen drinking, fetal alcohol syndrome, and drunk driving in the decades that followed. Alcohol, once again, took its place as an important part of American culture. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, speaking of American culture. Yes. Okay. Do you know who Hal Smith was? Did name ring a bell? It rings a bell, but I don't know why. Andy Mayberry. Andy Mayberry. Yes. Hal Smith was Otis. Oh, Otis. Otis. And his little <laughs> weekly sleep yeah. in the lockup. He, he was a local drunk. Oh, God. So he played the, uh, the Otis the drunk. I love a bit of Andy Griffith. <laughs> one bullet burning. <laughs> and Opie. Oh, yes. Ron Howard. Yeah. Cute little Opie and Aunt B. Now, you would think during Prohibition, actually, if you know us as a, as a, a group, you would get this, but they're actually iconic Prohibition era cocktails. Hmm. So this is where you could drink things in the speakeasies. Well, you know probably why it came about. First of all, the liquor probably wasn't all that good all the time. Yeah, especially if you get some yeah. bathtub gin. Yeah, especially if they didn't rinse the ring around the bathtub. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. And um, they had to stretch it. Mm-hmm. So what better way to stretch it is to put other stuff they could get into it. That's exactly right. So now a few things here are going to repeat, like a gin yeah. wiki. Yeah, we've gone through that. So. But that's a highball drink. So I think that's sort of where that all, mm. all started. But it isn't like a high highball to me is it's ginger ale and whiskey, you know, and, yeah. and American whiskey. Well, sort of like Scotch. anything in a tall glass. Yeah. So my, um, I've told the story of Uncle Jimmy before, but he used to like to make a cocktail depending on your religion. So if you walked in, he'd make you a Catholic. That was a Christian Brothers brandy with ginger ale or 7-Up. Yeah. Okay. Um, he also had the, well, I think, I forgot what it was for the Presbyterians. It probably would be a whiskey of some sort and the Protestants, and he would go through his alcohol. Huh. And that would be a highball mm-hmm. glass. Yeah, any Morgan David? No. <laughs> don't know. MD80? No. Okay. No, I don't know about that. Um, so, also, we had things like old fashions, um, but the sidecar. Few cocktails can rival the iconic sidecar. It's one of the great sour drinks found in every bartending guide, which our guys are looking up because they can't figure mm-hmm. out a um, Bloody Mary. Oh, well, you had a whiskey sour and all that. Oh, oh yeah. My friend Shelly and I do enjoy a whiskey sour. Um, a French 75, um, which is a drink with champagne. Um, Mary Pickford, so mm. she was America's sweetheart. Now, for whatever reason, when I was younger, 
yes. in the early teen. I was the mixologist for the family. So when we had like any time, like over my aunt's or a holiday, yeah. it was me that had to make the drinks. That uh, is a fine family tradition. Yes, yes. So I learned how to make uh, margarita cocktails, not, mm-hmm. the, not the margarita frozen one, so right. the true cocktail one. Uh, and the other one, just looking at this French 75. So it was a cube, a sugar cube. I had to go out and buy sugar cubes. Right. Hit it with some bitters. Yes. Okay. Pour in some brandy mm-hmm. and then finish it off with uh, champagne. Oh, you're very good. Oh, I tell you, if you want people to hit the wall, <laughs> <laughs> because the, the scary, what's good about it, you, you start drinking it, and of course, you know, champagne is dry. Mm-hmm. And then as you drink it, it's got good and sweet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, oh, that's pretty nice and sweet. I'll have another. Okay. <laughs> so basically, this is just the same basic principle as a martini. Right. Only thing with bubbles. And bubbles. Get you drunk faster. Yeah. Um, yes. I it, gave one time to my two aunts, Aunt Connie and Francis. I made them one or two of those. And next thing you know, we're, we're on it. They're over on the couch. And <laughs> <laughs> Snoring away. <laughs> well, you know, with all this not being able to go out and things, um, I haven't trained up recently. We went out the other week, during the week, mm-hmm. and I ended up having, I think I had three champagnes, and I was like, I'm not up for this anymore. I was like, I have to have a sleep. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's called age, Robert. Oh, no. Sorry. That's okay. I'll get, my, I'll get myself ready again. Yeah. So back to this, there was a thing called a bee's knees no. as well. Yeah. So that had... You made that famous here in Australia. <laughs> my bee's knees brain. Um, so they had an odd addition, which was honey. So this was the start of people using some different ingredients mm-hmm. in making cocktails. Um, but so, there was also a, a cordial out of um, Germany with honey. It had a bee comb around it. There is too. Yeah. I have not had that, but I do remember seeing the bottle. I used to love looking at the different liqueur yeah. bottles. And that one had actually like a weave bottom to it. Looked like, you know, like a bee's hive. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And then Mary Pickford, did she go with the furniture or something? <laughs> no, she was a beaut- She used to uh, act across from, with Charlie Chaplin. Mm-hmm. But I always think of the silent stars. What do their voices really sound like? Because you have some- <laughs> right. And we've got things like um, the South Side down here, which is prefer- uh, preferred beverage of Al Capone and his crew. So that came out of Chicago. Uh, would have to be. And, and Ward 8. Yes. I remind you, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> what were they in? I can't remember who Nurse Ratchet was in charge uh-huh. of there. I just remember Chief. So that came out of uh, 1898 out of uh, Boston yep. where the politician uh, Martin Lomsary, it looks like, uh, celebrated his win in the seat of the General Court of Massachusetts with, of course, with some punk potables. I was going to say, how very Boston to have a yeah. cel- celebratory drink name for you. And here's a great one, the Corpse Reviver. I think that's, <laughs> that's what I needed last we night. Need, we need that for Halloween. <laughs> Uh, yes, and the fam- the cocktail's family's motto is cheers to the hair of the dog that bit you. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so they're hangover cures, things like rides and things. Mm-hmm. My brother taught me a hangover cure. Yeah. Don't have, a little, have a little tiny beer the next day. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep it going. That's right. keep that, that, I remember guys telling me that. Yeah, well, you don't get a hangover, you just keep on drinking. That's exactly <laughs> right. So as soon as you get up in the morning, have another drink. Okay. <laughs> Now, on to, this is, so we were talking about Mad Men mm-hmm. earlier. This is the 50s cocktails. Now, I find this 
to me is like the iconic people dressed up. You know, I can imagine Elizabeth Taylor with the martini glass. I yeah. find it very fancy. So again, we have drinks like whiskey sours, sidecars, Tom Collins. I knew Tom Collins. He lived at the top of the uh, bagel bakery. Well, there you go. And, <laughs> and he was the only non-Jew or Italian in a whole neighborhood. <laughs> and they let him in. I don't know how. Oh, you know, it'd be like big fellas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, I had, this makes me think, I had a little email correspondence with Jeanette the other week. Yeah. And I said, what is way back in the day, what is your drink? Because Jeanette doesn't drink yeah, now. And she said, oh, I love Southern Comfort, a Singapore Sling, and, you know, usual rum and cokes. So I said this to Phil. Because she doesn't, she's never had one. I said, Phil, she had a life before you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't say with all those. That was before Phil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you know, like Roman Cup, my friend Tony Cruz. You know, yes. You know, Tony from the famous line of uh, when things are bad, you eat good. I like okay. So he has his favorite drink is Roman Cup, but he dissects it. What does he do? So he has a glass of Coke. Yes. And a shot of rum on the side. <laughs> so, yeah, so he, uh, what's that word when you? Deconstruct it? Deconstruct it. So he, <laughs> he deconstructs his cocktails. Oh, I get that. As long as he didn't have a glass of ice as well or just that one into the cup. I don't remember. I'll have to find out. <laughs> but I know the next time I go down to uh, see him, he's, he lives in Melbourne. Oh, does he? Yeah, Florida. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've fallen for that before. I, I think, you know what? I think we should get some merchandise. And I think we should have when things are bad, you eat good. I think that I love should that. be I'll have to send it because one of the things, when I go back down to America whenever we can again, soon, soon and get down to that part of the world and where I'm going to go meet up with him, I'm going to bring him a bottle of Cuban rum because you can't buy Cuban rum in Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. uh, well, that's pretty. I it's feel like, like having Cuban cigars. I feel know. like I know him, so you'll have to tell him. Know for me. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to let you cover the next one. Oh, 70s cocktails. Ugh. So this we got in more of the uh, the disco age. That's right. Where they're all like day glow colors and stuff when you put black lights on <laughs> Which they would have been before. But uh, we got a double one here. Tom Collins is back in there. Rusty Nail. That was Johnny's favorite drink. Right. Which is Drambuie and Scotch. Mm. Well, we have discovered it when we went to Tassie mm. a few years ago, and we just started drinking those like nobody's oh, business. Yeah. It's another one. kick you right on your ass. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Then you got the uh, grasshopper, which would have been green. Yes. Right? With cream the mint. That's right. Old-fashioned. Uh, the Harvey Warbanger. Remember that? Yes. That was like huge. That was. That was very huge. And what is it? Or, uh, we talked about the recipe. is orange juice. I'm trying to think. I can't remember now. We'll have to cut that out and go back to yeah. it. But then we had, you know, well, yeah, the screwdriver. Yeah. yeah that's what you think. And about? the salty dog, which was great and for tequila tea. sunrise. Yeah, tequila sunrises. We mm-hmm. do that. So I just float a little bit of green bean. Yeah. Ainsley, Ainsley that was this big 70s. How come I didn't hit the top I 10? I don't know. Yeah, that's in the 80s. That was huge. Oh, that's in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I had. I used to drink. I remember Teresa and George. Must have been on the cuffs. Yeah. <laughs> I remember drinking. You no, know, we should be drinking now. Just make it so much interesting, this show. You know what? Take an Uber home. We have done a night show before, so we should do that. Yeah. A few cocktails. But I remember Teresa, Teresa and George, I used to babysit mm-hmm. for them. And um, so they used to make white Russians. Oh, yeah. 
Remember, that was also very popular. Yes. Right. And the black Russian. Yes. And George used to make a traditional white Russian and then he'd float Coke over the top of it. Oh. It's like Laverne and Shirley Pepsi. Yeah. But it was good. And I remember going, oh, should I stay or should I drive? You know, because it was the 80s. Yeah, you drove. Yeah. Well, and Teresa goes, George, we'll bail Barbara out if she got busted, wouldn't we? <laughs> So before we move on, you know, a lot we're in the 70s. There were some a lot of famous drunks in the 70s or yes. imitation famous drunks, and which we bring up all the time. We do. Forster Brooks, probably the most, right, most famous <laughs> one. And uh, who made him famous? Dean Juan. Oh. Oh, Dino. But then you had the whole Rat Pack and, you know, they got on stage drinking. That's right. You they know? had a scotch in their hand. They yeah. had a cigarette in the other hand. But then, we, you know, there's others from other – Errors too. Well, also from probably that era there. I'm looking at my, my little list here that I made up. Jackie Gleason. Oh, yeah. And away we go. Yeah, he was gone already. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, also in that era, Austin Wells. Oh, yeah. And we talked about his. He will sell no wine. Before it's time. Before it's time. Yeah, because I drank it all. That's exactly. He would drink yeah. the set out of Amazon wine. Yeah. Boris Yeltsin. He was a big, well, well <laughs> Russian. I just, think he could have been a pilot for Aeroflot. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He and Foster would have been. And the, you know, and the whole um, roast. Like there was yeah. alcohol and oh. ashtrays on that set every week. Yeah. Tricky Dicky. Yeah. He was an alcoholic, and I wonder why. Uh, and then we get to some other people you don't even realize that were pretty well into the sauce. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Churchill, we've we talked about. Yeah, I think his yeah. blood was just alcohol. Yeah, uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Oh, he even made it on the money. That's okay. right. Um, and he won the Civil War being drunk. <laughs> that. Anyway, we talked about QE one Queen Elizabeth the first. She was a big teetotaler. No, tea, being no, the opposite. The opposite. Yeah, well, well, I think they try to make out to be, but even even. Queen now. She, she drinks all the time. Well, that's why they look to be in their 90s. They're pickled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got, like Mark Twain. He was yes. a big alcoholic. Uh, Van Gogh. Yes. In fact, they even had the, the absentee. Absent. Absent mm-hmm. in one of his paintings. Oh, a bottle or something. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. W.C. Fields, of course, we know. Right? Of course. He had that big. It was like the joke. You know, you see somebody with the. Big, yes. We used to call it Big W.C. Fields nose. <laughs> you know the guy's an alcoholic. How do you know that? Look at his nose. That's right. He's got a W.C. Fields nose. You know, it's, it's like, a little flushy. It's a little flushy. You got all the veins popping out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we've got uh, Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Don Rickles. Uh, yeah, well, he was on Hold of Rose. He had to be drinking. Ah, uh, but yeah, here's um a couple of the uh, British Oliver Reed and Richard Burton. Yeah. You wouldn't want to see them drinking Ooh. together. Oliver Reed was a world champion. <laughs> he actually died while making um, Gladiator. Gladiator. Really? He did, but oh. he was drunk most of the time. Well, you also, speaking of drinking all the time, and then the thing was from Dallas. Hagman. Hagman. Larry Hagman. Transport. He had to trailer, but, <clears throat> but you listen to all the stories about the people that work with him. It was like party at the end of every taping. <laughs> they were in the pool drinking. You know, he would supply everybody with champagne and whatever they wanted to drink. He was a happy drunk. I mean, he just said, yeah, let's all get drunk. Well, and the era is different because, like, you had a bar at work. Like, yeah. the boss yeah. would have a bar. I had one in Huntington Beach. That's right. Yeah. 
Paul, my boss, had one in there. And I remember we all had a, I think it was like my last day. And a bar fridge and everything in there. Yes. And a, and a, you know, a little tap. And- well, I think mom, the, you know, when I, we went to dinner for my 21st birthday and I ordered a Bombay Sapphire uh, gin and tonic. She's like, how do you even know? I was like, well, I worked at a car dealership since I was 16. <laughs> yeah. I have an idea. Um, and also, like, you know, Frank. You got Frank and Dino sitting there yeah. with their drinks. and uh, yeah. I think I'll go to the coach. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> He'd be on the piano, sitting on the piano. Uh, yeah, and yeah. then the next segment, he was over on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yes. It was okay. far let's, more accepted. Let's right move on. Then. So now we're going into uh, the 80s. So my glory time. Yeah, so this is your throwback party. Yes. Oh, my God. And I remember ordering some of these things. Now, a Long Island diced tea. Oh, that was the... Everything clear with a little bit of... Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It tastes like iced tea. Yeah, drink oh. some. Yeah. <laughs> you can also start a car if you needed to at the front. Mm. Now, I remember ordering this, and I remember feeling a fuzzy navel. Yeah. And it was peach schnapps with orange juice. So we were getting our vitamin C. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay. that's all right. Now, I have never had this, right. but it was very popular at Alabama Slammer. I never had one either. So that has Southern in it. That's probably why I didn't have yeah. it. But I might just have a look at I think it's time for an 80s cocktail party. That sounds good uh, to me. do. Tequila Sunrise, which Bring we talked my, about. Uh, i got to see if i got any more bells, you know, bell bottoms. And, uh, well, and the well, at the end of that was at the beginning of the seventies. Yes, and with the uh, the we had like they we used to call them baseball shirts. Oh, uh, with the so it had that like a big open mm-hmm. collar, yeah, puffy sleeves, and then it was gathered like with elastic down at the the bottom of the sleeves, right, and the and the waist of the shirt was elastic too, so it looked sort of like a baseball shirt. Is that like uh, it sounds like Jerry Seinfeld's puffy shirt? Yeah, it was sort of um, not as bad. Yeah. That wasn't the day. That wasn't. That was probably before my time. Mm-hmm. Don't remember that. I do remember um, Brendan had like it was a weaver's shirt, which is like a long sleeve t shirt. Yeah, that was all. Everything was oversized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and polo shirts were coming in with a popped collar, or you, he you can wear two with a pop. Oh, right, but that's that's if you're uh, more collegiate. Collegiate. Well, what was the other preppy? Preppy, That's yes. Well, yeah. See, none of the kids I would wear, like. Well, see, because I come from a, like, a cow town. So, you know, we had. Oh, but then they wear the Western shirts? Well, it was Western shirts or polo shirts or yeah. t shirts. And that was, yeah, that was the end of it. Now, we'll go on to the, which we talked about, the tequila sunrise. With, um, Ainsley was, wanted to make a Shirley Temple last night. She said, Do we have any grenadine? I said, Your dad and I were having tequila sunrises. <laughs> yes, we do. Up the back. <laughs> Um, sex on the beach. And that's where the jello shot in. No, well, you can have it as a jello shot. Oh, because I had, first time I had, first and last, probably last time I had jello shots, I was in uh, Colorado. Yeah. And we went to a conference with uh, contingency planners, and it was in the summertime, so it was up in one of the snow areas. Yeah. It was in Aspen. It was on the other side of the mountain. Right. And um, that was the first time I had, uh, you know, jello shots at, at the bar. <laughs> but everything you drank at that atmosphere, you know, just like really worked well. Yeah, it hit you faster. Yeah. Um, now we also had see some of it like the mudslides. That mm. is basically chocolate milk. Oh. It, is, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was essentially a white Russian. Yeah. Um, and it would have a bit of Irish cream as well in it. A slow gin fizz. Mm. I love a gin fizz. 
But see, that is a breakfast drink to me. Yeah, so you shoulder pads not included. <laughs> and a slippery nipple. Ooh. Well, they used to have this, this is, is a family the, show. I know. Well, this was the era of the suggested drink snakes. Yeah. Well, you like, had the brain one. Remember that? You brain hemorrhage? Yeah, you pour it into the and it like curdled up and yeah, so yeah, thing. you flooded it. So you had um, oh, what was like it? A cream thing in there. Well, you put Irish cream was the brain. Okay, I'm trying to think. The drink might have been schnapps or well, not, something with that uh, citrus. Yes, yeah. and then you float a little grenadine on top, so it looked Whoa. like a bloody brain. And we used to have kamikazes. Yeah. Now that was a citrus. You about deptoids? Yes. <laughs> Yes. So now bartenders have claimed that this decade, which was filled with neon cocktails made with a lot of premixes, which is that was the era of the premixes mm-hmm. starting, um, nearly killed cocktails forever. Yeah. And But it was fun. Yeah. And a sea breeze. There's no sea breeze here. That was oh, huge. Oh, yeah. That was huge. That was, that was like the, and the Cosmo. And well, that oh, that's kind of, 90. That, yes, yeah, scooched into the 90s. Yeah. But that, look, the Cosmo is basically. Like a, a sea breeze yeah. combination of something else. So now let's move on to the summertime. Summertime. So if you barbecue time. That's right. So if you you know we want to encourage each when you drink. This drink is in not moderation. Just, that's that's right. Because those days of no moderation are over now. Unless oh. you're a liberal minister. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all drink. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drink and drive. Mm. And have some food, but so summer is the time for um, barbecues and get-togethers. So, yeah. like, here's some summer cocktail ideas. So, a shandy. I love a shandy. A lemonade shandy. That's beer and lemonade. Why not? And it's beer and whiskeys will kick down your ass. <laughs> <laughs> a gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. Which is a, that? And it's a perfect summer drink. It is, and just a nice slice of lime Fresh, or lemon. Yeah. Lime, please. Mm-hmm. And and here's your speciality. The margarita. So how would you make a margarita? So it's just basically ice, yep. of in the, into a shaker, yep. tequila, um, lime juice, mm-hmm. and triple sec. Yeah. And then shake it up, and then you pour it into a rim glass. Yep. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a margarita cocktail. That is, I prefer that mm-hmm. than the frozen. And mojitos. Yes, that's uh, just made it recently. That's a current new one you know but i think it's already been in and out yeah you know? probably yeah so muddled so it's muddled with mint mm-hmm. and rum instead of tequila and the tequila sunrise because mm-hmm. that's a fun thing to have but it's also a heavy drink too yeah, yeah so but i guess you could put some soda water in it or ginger ale to make it a little bit lighter yeah and i think anything that has a um like a highball again yeah. you can just do lots of um, soda water on top mm-hmm. now this one was a what this sounds really interesting a watermelon champagne cooler so which i want to try out maybe christmas will do this one so you strain two cups of watermelon juice um chill that make sure it's cold add a quarter cup of vodka mm-hmm. an eighth cup of tri- triple sec and one and a half ounces of lime juice Pour into champagne flutes, leaving room in the top and top off with champagne. Oh, very nice. Doesn't that sound very like refreshing. refreshing? Very refreshing and, yeah, a few of those. Are, yeah. That does yeah, sneak up on you. Yeah. I'll just make Put sure. Put your clothes back on. I'll, yeah. I'll make sure everything is ready to be served. Mm-hmm. And then where's Barbara? She's sitting in the corner. Then you, you got a white margarita. So that's well, made. That's sangria. Sangria, sorry. Yes. Uh, white sangria. So that's made, I guess, with uh, a, a sweet white rum, like a Moscato. 
Well, you can, yes, you can do that, or you can even use um, club soda, mm-hmm. and you can do a virgin version of this as um, of a a juice one. But this one has brandy, orange liqueur, two tablespoons of sugar. Mix that up, and then whatever wine you have, so you know Sauvignon Blanc or rosé, even mm-hmm. half cup of orange juice and a half cup of club soda, slices of orange and lemon, and chill and serve over ice. Yeah. One thing that yes. just reminded me with the rosé. Mm-hmm. Okay, so growing up, the only rosé we knew was Matus. Yes, I yes. But the French have a love affair with the with a rosé, yes. and they serve it icy cold. And it's beautiful. beautiful. Yes. yes, and I was gets a bad rap uh, rosé, but it, for like a summertime drink where you don't want a red, but you don't want a white, yeah. this is perfect. And, and it's you don't. Cold. That's right. And you don't have to. Have, you can have a dry rosé. You don't have to have a sweet sweet yeah. rosé either. And well, mostly the ones that are out of France are, you know, I wouldn't say very dry, but they're, they're dry. They're not yeah. sweet. They're so like the the rieslings of now. Yeah, which riesling used to be sweet. The German ones, but now they're really dry. Yes. I tried one recently because I thought, ooh, that's a very 80s thing. It's supposed to be in again. And I was like, what have I missed out for the last? What, a blue nun? No. <laughs> 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 Luckily, I didn't Matisse. see that label anywhere. Yeah. That's still around. No, so anything that's refreshing, you can put ice into. My dad always had, I, like, in the summer, he'd have ice in his white wine, and there was well, no problem. Well, I remember going to, to, to France and mm-hmm. having red wine, and it was chilled. Yeah. And my father and my aunt and all that. They always had red wine, and when they opened up the big jug yeah. and put it in smaller bottles, it went in the fridge. Yes. They always had a cold. And in the summer, that is yeah. lovely. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Okay, so we're going to uh, wrap this section up, and we'll come back with our Ripper Recipe Roundup. I got out of it again. Okay, we're back, Barbara. Yes, so if you need to find us, we are at 73 Cochrane's Road, Moorabbin. And if you forgot, <laughs> the, the code for the month is stuffing. That is right. S-T-U-F-F-I-N-G. Mm-hmm. So you are welcome to subscribe, share, and engage with the podcast at podcast at usafoods.com.au. Okay, we got an email. We We heard from Neil again, who um, we are lucky enough listens to us on YouTube. So there's another way to Mm -hmm. look for us and find us. And he loved our Halloween. He said, thank you for the Halloween um, podcast. He loved seeing the decorations in Bentley. Um, They were well decorated and thoughtfully done. And he is happy that we have our extended summer hour. Um, so he can be able to come in on a Friday evening after work. There you go. There you are. Once he comes in sober. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a few places to drink around us. Yes. <laughs> okay. And uh, so personal product profile. Mm-hmm. So this is mine this week. Yes. So I'm going to talk about Tony Chasseret or yes. Sacheret. Well, we always say Chasseret. Yeah, right. Chasseret. And then I saw an ad in the like an American ad, and mm-hmm. they call it Sacherets. Yep, Chasseret. Yep. So Tony's. Tony's. That's an easy way. Okay. <laughs> so I think I talked about it a few times, but his Cajun seasoning is probably the best one on the market, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, I find yeah you know, the other ones are good, like you know the uh, Zatarans and. Uh, slappy Mama. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they all have different, a little bit of different profiles. They're a little bit different, and 
on his, I really preferred the more seasoning. So right. he has two. He has like the regular, the more seasoning, and the bold. Yep. So that's in the between. So it has a little bit of heat, but not too much. And I use it on numerous products. I haven't used it on my pizza yet. But yet. You can. Yes. Yet. Okay. Yep. But I have used the everything bagel season on the pizza, <laughs> which and we had today. That is fantastic. We tasted that today. Yes. And it was Made great. Made a breakfast pizza. And so some easy things to do. If you're having an avocado, an avocado has been plentiful this year. Okay. Is just smash it up and put on some Tony's. Yep. Okay. And maybe a little bit of lime juice. You're done. Oh, yeah. That's all you need. You with the lime juice yeah. in that as well. Okay. You're doing uh, shrimp, porons. Okay. Coat it with that, with the Tony Chef's Rays, pan fried and butter and olive oil. Don't need any more. And then it, you'd make, if you really want to get adventurous, you make your grits with, uh, buy some smoked Gouda and oh, cook yeah. that in, you know, grate that up. And then after your grits are cooked, blend it into it. So you have a cheesy grits, put it on a plate, then get those shrimps and stick them in it. <laughs> okay. So, and the other thing is you could, you know, if you have Bloody Mary, Rim the glass with it. I never thought of that. Yeah. There's so many different things you could do with it. I've used it on chicken and I've used it, you know. Yeah, fish, chicken. Yep. It goes with everything. everything. And it's not like way out there type seasoning. You know, it, it's 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 very taste, tasty. You yeah, know? that's right. And if something needs just a punch of flavor. But even, you know, the other thing is, you know, speaking of plain beer, if you're frying bacon, you could sprinkle a little bit of that on there. Ooh. Especially if you're buying like bacon that's like, oh, this is really subpar bacon. Well, this is how you spike it up. You're very handy. Those are very good ideas. Okay. That's it. I'm done with that. You're done with that? Now we're doing... Okay, now I'm going to have to say it. Go ahead. A Ripper Recipe Roundup. Oh, you ah. did it. It's only the second time. I can't wait for next year because so, we're renaming it. Okay, mine is we're doing some gingerbread cookies mm-hmm. because this is my Aunt Agnes's recipe. And she had the best gingerbread cookies in the world. They were always in a certain tin in a cupboard, like by the back door. And every time I go there, I straight there. Hmm. Okay. So uh, feel free. I often double the spices in it. So feel free to make, make it your own. But the base is a third cup butter, a third cup brown sugar, an egg, half a cup molasses, um, two and three quarters cups flour, um, half teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon of um, baking soda, two teaspoons of cinnamon, and one teaspoon of ginger. But feel free to ramp that up. Just mix as usual. So mix the wet ingredients and the dry ingredients and throw them together. Um, Chill the dough uh, and roll out to a quarter of an inch thick. And then make your shapes with it. Now, you can double or triple the recipe if you're going to do a gingerbread house, which I have done. But these will make some batches of nice cookies. If you want to put a little hole like with a um, a straw in them, you can use them as decorations on your tree at Christmas time. Oh, I was going to think uh, make them into like a cup shape and put it over your cup like they do that Swedish cookie. Oh, put yeah. Put a hole in and then drink your hot chocolate out of there. Well, you can do that That'd too. Nice. We might have to try mm. that this year. Now, the trick to baking them, it all de- you just want a moderate oven, right? Mm. So depending on your oven, you want them underbaked rather than overbaked. Okay, so you want to, like, when you put your finger in the middle, like test one, right. you still want... A, so gooey. Yeah, you want it to sit there. Um, take them out, and you can frost them with a simple, um, once they're cool, I like to use um, a royal icing. If I'm putting them on the tree, it's a bit right. hard. Um, you can uh, use just some uh, powdered sugar and butter, mix that together, make a simple one like that. 
and it's just tastes like Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I always have to decorate some blue because Aunt Agnes had some blue ones, and I always make me makes me think of her. Yeah, my most favorite aunt. And that's it. Okay, my go. Huh? Yes. Well, also one of these days from uh, the Nat Nash uh, era. It is National Vichyssoise Day. Oh. Mm, that sounds very fancy for cold soup. Yes, it is. That's, well, basically, <laughs> that's cold potato soup. Yes, yum. So, which I have made, and I, you know, cheat. So, because <laughs> this is going way back when Jeanette was pregnant. Yes, she just had this thing with potato soup, and I had to make potato soup every day. Thank God you're a cook. Yeah. Well. Anyway, so <laughs> I started using instant potatoes. Oh. Mix it, you know, and cook them up and then chill it. But then I add milk into it and blend it up. Yeah. And some, you know, I had the butter that was already melted into it. And then some added seasoning, some salt and pepper, or maybe a little bit of celery salt. And, you know, get it to a consistency of a clam chowder. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, it's good. So the other things now, what I prefer is, you got to help me on this one. Yes. The, uh, the Spanish version of gazpacho. Gazpacho. Thank you. Yes. I couldn't think of I know I was thinking of the name. <laughs> but I make gazpacho almost all the time. Right. By accident. <laughs> okay. Because when I'm making my pizza sauce, it mm. always reminds me of gazpacho. Right. Because I had gazpacho. We go in the, when we used to go on the food shows and all that. And right. of course, you go down all these things where they're selling stuff from all over the world. And there was guys selling these things of gazpacho from Spain. Right. And so my pizza sauce has always reminded me of that, but it just needs to be doctored up a little bit. So it's passata, mm-hmm. okay? And you want to thin it out a little bit. So you use some cold, you know, just use a billion, billion cube and do yeah, some yeah. chicken broth or vegetable broth, whatever you prefer, and then chill that and then put it into your passata till you get yeah. the consistency you like, and then add your fresh goodies. So- mm-hmm. Maybe some, I would use a dehydrated garlic because then it'll just absorb the moisture from the soup, okay, instead of having to cook the garlic yourself because you don't want to put raw garlic in it. So a little bit of that, some oregano, some celery salt, okay, I like the celery salt, or even the Tony Hesherays. You can put that in there instead of the celery salt if you want a little bit more spicier. Yep. Okay. And then, of course, chopped up your parsley, chop up your basil, uh, your thyme. Throw as much, a little as much as you like into it, and olive oil to top it off on top. Now, if you want to get a little bit different, avocado oil. Oh, nice. Okay. And there, beautiful. Well, you know, we, we're going to be talking about hors d'oeuvres and appetizers yeah. and stuff. That's a great one in shot glasses. And a little shot glass. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And then you put an oyster in it. Ooh. And, and of course, the vodka. I uh, like how you always just ramp it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then the last one I'll leave you with, uh, because you have to look this up. And this is going back, way back. Right. When we lived in New York. Yeah. We used to go to Caskills. Right. To uh, grow singers and stuff like that. It just makes me think of that. I dump a baby in a corner. No one puts baby in a corner. So one of the things that they used to serve up there, because we used to go a lot in the summertime, was uh, fruit soup. Oh. So it's a cold, chilled, yogurt-based soup with fruit in it, fresh fruit. So just Google fruit soup, Caskills Mountains, which is the Jewish Alps. Uh, So find it'll be there somewhere. Somebody would have a recipe for fruit soup. Okay, I will be able to look that up. This is the season for it. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. Oh, thank you. Now, next week's show, 
is going to be Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and hors d'oeuvres. Thanksgiving. No, we just starters. got through. I did my hors d'oeuvres bit too. No, you can. Uh, you got more work to do. Oh. Um, and we also, I want you to have a look when the uh, when we it, it might be in the show notes. It should be in the email. We're mm-hmm. gonna um, put a little link to Foster Brooks and Dino's. Oh, you know, I think the pilot. Would be Paul was good, and also the time when it comes. In. No, we can't give everything away. No, no. <laughs> and maybe, maybe a link to um, potent potables to an SNL sketch. Yeah, <laughs> sketch. But we have to. We, no, we're not doing that one. We have to make sure Sean Connery wasn't too naughty. Maybe we can have a Norm Macdonald. Uh, Bert, yeah, turn. Yes, maybe we'll do that. So, um, so please have a look out for that. <laughs> And to sign off, there's a few quotes. Uh, from Dean Martin. Yes, yeah, so we can get you, you start, Phil. Okay. You're not drunk if you can lie on the floor without holding on. <laughs> <laughs> or I used to say you're not you didn't have enough to drink yet when you you know you had too much to drink when you lie on when you try to I saw it all over. <laughs> you had too much you know you had too much yes. to drink when you try to brush something off your shoulder and it's the floor. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't drink anymore. I freeze it and eat like a popsicle. <laughs> and then his last one is, if you drink, don't drive. Don't even putt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink and drive because you spill too much. <laughs> okay, there we go. Right. Till next week. Yes, see you Bye. then.